This is Reno Lovison, executive producer at ChicagoBroadcastingNetwork.com, providing multimedia content showcasing multicultural and age-diverse people, art, music, theater, and events happening in or related to Chicago. It occurred to me that we have a number of interesting interviews that we've produced for our sister site, AuthorsBroadcast.com. Several of these interviews and discussions feature Chicago authors, and I thought it would be interesting and entertaining to include them here at ChicagoBroadcastingNetwork.com and share them with a new audience. The one I've selected for today's episode is a visit I had with Chicago author Steve Bellinger shortly after the publication of his science fiction book, Chronicar. This is a science fiction time travel novel that takes place in Chicago during two different time periods, largely on Chicago's south side. So stand by in about 20 seconds and you'll be able to enjoy a remix of my author showcase interview about Chronocar with Steve Bellinger. Please be sure to like, share, or comment if you enjoy this podcast, and be sure to listen to one or more of our other interesting episodes about Chicago people, places, and events. If you need video production for your business or organization, be sure to check out renoweb.net. Hello and welcome to Authors Showcase. Uh, I'm your host, Reno Lovison, and I'm here today with my guest, Steve Bellinger who is the author of an exciting new book that we're going to learn about today called Chronocar. And uh, we're going to learn about that, and we're going to learn a little bit about Steve. But first, I want to thank Steve for being with us. Absolutely. Yeah, great to have you here today. So, Steve, let me see. Uh, I was looking at your bio, and I see you grew up in Chicago. On the west side. On the west side. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I guess you shout out to your high school, right? I went to Crane High School, which with- is actually closed now so okay okay well that's all right so you know just want to sort of get an idea of your chicago roots oh sure yeah and i understand from your bio also that um and i think this is kind of interesting that Mm -hmm. you were uh it had mentioned that your mom grew up or rather uh worked for a publishing company and that's how you sort of got interested in reading and interested in uh, books is that right right? yeah she worked for actually a printing company okay and she worked with the printers you know she was a collator i'm not even sure what that means but she would bring books and magazines home sure and uh you know and she was an avid reader so it encouraged us to read yeah and uh she brought all sorts of things home so we would read different things and that's when i discovered science fiction Great. So what were some of those early books? What was something that Oh, you like remember? anything by Isaac Asimov, the whole iRobot series, yeah. uh, you know, anything by Heinlein. Okay. Uh, I discovered a little bit of uh, Arthur C. Clarke later on. Just okay. a lot of great stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say I'm not a science fiction fan, but I just haven't read a lot of science fiction. Okay. And uh, yeah, I tend to be sort of a nonfiction reader. And, oh, and sure. if I read fiction, it tends to be classics. I probably have said that on this show a half a dozen times. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so it's just I, I think it's a matter I never get around to it. Although, sure. you know, Arthur C. Clarke, I've read a couple. And, mm-hmm. and some of them, you know, they stick with you for a long time because you really remember, like, oh, wow, sure. this is really cool. And, you know, especially with the way technology has been changing. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, which makes me think about this is the fact that you went to IIT. Right. 
and um, you were obviously involved in technology there. Well, my degree is in psychology, actually. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> um, but it's still science. Okay. Still science. Yeah, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great. So my question was whether that informs your, uh, your interest in science fiction at all? Or? Well, my general interest in science you know, yeah. keeps that going. And uh, even now, I, uh, I spend more time watching documentaries on TV than anything else. You sure. Know? So I'm, I'm, That's a function of our age, you know. I watch Star Trek too. <laughs> yeah, just that I've seen them all already. Sure, yeah. sure. So, but but science fiction uh, is interesting because of the people who like the novel. Um, easily a third of the people I've talked to are not science fiction fans, and I think it's because some people don't quite realize what science fiction really is. There's uh, uh, people associate it with comic books and sure. and even Fantasy. things like uh, like uh, Lord of the Rings and mm-hmm. things like that, but that's not science fiction. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so give all. us your take on it. Give us well, your well, it's, it's not actually mine. It's, it's uh, okay. Asimov's. Okay. Uh, I read it years ago, and I've yet to find the reference again. But he says that uh, a science fiction story, in a science fiction story, the science is so crucial and central to the story that if you remove it, the story falls apart. Mm-hmm. Now, that means that Star Wars is not science fiction. Okay. You give them swords, horses, it's King Arthur. Sure. You know, you got rebels fighting an evil empire. Right. Now, it's a lot more exciting because of the spaceships and everything, but the science is not central to the story. Star Trek, take away the Enterprise, they got nothing. Yeah. Usually. I mean, there are some episodes that don't get that deep into the technology, but uh, that's the basic difference. Sure. Um, let's talk about that a little bit more. I want to take an early break, and we'll come back, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more. We're going to talk a little bit more, obviously, a whole lot more about Chronocar. Okay? okay. So stand by, and we'll be back in a minute. Wow! This awesome feel-good book reveals why cool super chefs and health nut docs are dishing about the extraordinary powers of olive oil, nature's liquid gold. Savor deliciously healing surprises. New research deserves high fives because olive oil, a key ingredient in the Mediterranean diet, and other healing oils are making a big splash around the globe. Oil superpowers can lower the risk of facing a bad ticker, the big C, and even stall father time. Bring on the butter. When paired with oils, this 20th century forbidden fat is a new 21st century health food. Combining olive oil with other oils can help combat fatigue fight fat and help you morph into a lean energized superhumanoid at any age in the healing powers of olive oil you'll discover unusual home cures and scrumptious yummy fresh ingredient recipes pick up your favorite bottle of EVO and experience the delicious healing powers of olive oil today olive oil bon appetit Look for The Healing Powers of Olive Oil, a complete guide to nature's liquid gold, wherever you like to shop for books. Chronocar is a story about time travel. So the time machine comes to mind. So can you tell me uh, how does this book, you know, is this book at all informed by that? I mean, that was a, first of all, the movie was something we all loved as oh, kids, sure, right? Sure. I mean, didn't you love that? Sure. Great movie. And uh, so would you say that this, uh, was that an inspiration or does it really have nothing to do with Well, well, yeah, Well, yes and no. I mean, I like, uh, I enjoy time travel stories. But being a hardcore science fiction fan, uh, I have yet to see a time travel story that deals with the science of time travel, whether real or imaginary. Okay. Uh, they deal with people going back in time and changing things or going to the future and discovering things, but how does that actually work? Okay. And part of what I wanted to address here was the science. 
of time travel, what the actual mechanism would be, okay. what the actual laws of physics might be that would apply to it. Okay. I would say H.G. Wells pretty much stayed away from that. Well, yeah. 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 I mean, and, and especially at the time that he was writing, uh, probably was a good idea to stay away oh, from sure, that. Oh, sure. <laughs> you know, too much. Sure. So uh, I think we could probably do a whole episode talking about that, but sure. now you've sort of intrigued me. So now you have to tell me just a little bit about, you know, what have you learned about uh, time travel, you know, in as much as... Is it something we should even be fantasizing about? I don't think it's physically possible. Okay. Uh, what what we call time travel today, you know, traveling very fast and ending up in the future like the mm-hmm. Planet of the Apes, okay. that's time dilation. You can't control that. Right. You know, you can't go to tomorrow at 2 o'clock or yesterday at 4. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a side effect of the, of the space travel. Mm-hmm. But um, in, in the story, well, if, if there's kind of a theme to it, it's the fact that there are always consequences to everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, uh, say, we drive here tonight, well, there are consequences. We've burned fuel. We've added a little bit of uh, pollution to the air. Mm-hmm. You know, there is more to it than my just being here versus somewhere else. Well, then there must be consequences to traveling through time. Just the very fact of traveling must have some effect on the universe. Okay. And so you address that to some degree exactly. In, exactly. in your... I'm guessing roughly 200 and some pages yeah, here. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> okay. a little less than that, but yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but that's interesting. I mm-hmm. look forward to learning about that. So, H.G. Uh, Wells was uh, little or no consequence as far as your. Well, yeah, of course. Concerned. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm, I was a big fan of H.G. Wells, especially. I mean, I love all the classic sci fi. Mm-hmm. I mean, you haven't lived till you've read the original. Uh, time time machine or the original sure. War of the Worlds. Yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. I mean, that's a challenge I'd make to any filmmaker to make a film of War of the Worlds based on the original movie, yeah, the original, uh, original uh, story. Yeah, exactly. So, well, and let's give a challenge to any filmmaker out there who wants to make a film of Chrono Car because uh, that's, <laughs> there you go. Uh, that would be No exciting. argument for me. Okay. Yes. So now here's the, another part of the twist that I think our viewers would be uh, interested in. This sure. is an African-American um, character. Sure who is going back and finding um, a scientist in 1919, roughly, who had first conceived of the chronic car. Exactly. And this young sort of contemporary Mm -hmm. fellow goes back, and he's going to build this this device that he Mm -hmm. had read about. We shouldn't have to say, well, this is an African-American character. Sure. But let's say in today's environment it's still newsworthy, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to... We're sure. going to talk about sure. that. So tell me what that means to this book, or if it doesn't okay. mean anything. I'm okay with that, too. Well, it's, it's a valid thing, because um, it, the story is about a, a time traveler, but it's the black experience. I mean, if it were written by an Asian person, it would be an Asian take on it. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes back to um, turn-of-the-century Bronzeville, mm-hmm. and he gets involved in the big race riot that takes place uh, in 1919. Mm-hmm. We talked about how you can't take the science out of science fiction. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't take the black characters out of this story because it is about the black characters. Okay. Yeah. But it's not necessarily written for black people. Sure. I mean, because uh, a lot of the people who've read it are not black, and, they, you know, and they, they've enjoyed it. Sure. But it's part of the setting. Right. You know, I and mean, it's part of your experience. Well, exactly. And exactly. So, so you know, I mean, no matter what story you write, if you, know, if, if you write it, it's still part of your experience. I right. mean, whether you realize it or not, you know. Mm-hmm. It's going to be about a white person, a black person, a Latino person. 
you bring your own experience to it, whether you're a fiction or nonfiction writer, That's whether very true. it's a biography or a memoir. You know, you're in this. You know, mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll all learn a lot about you. Sure. All kinds of deep, dark secrets that you <laughs> hope to never uncover are going to be in here. Yeah, that's on uh, page. Uh, no, no. <laughs> so we'll take a quick break, and uh, then we'll come back, and then we're going to talk very specifically about the plot and very spe uh, specifically about Chronicar. Okay. So if you're a nonfiction author, journalist, or professional business writer in the Chicago area, consider becoming a member of Midwest Writers Association to network with colleagues and learn more about the profession of nonfiction writing. Okay, so we are back here with my guest today, Steve Bellinger, the author of Chronocar. And we left off talking a little bit about how the black experience um, interjects itself into this story by way of your very own life mm -hmm. and uh, also how it affects the characters. Uh, is there a point to be made and is there a point you want to make about it? Well, I mean, I guess there is a message there that things haven't changed as much as we think, which is also sort of an underlying theme of the, of the uh, story. There's a scene where he's walking around and he sees the elevated tracks you know, for the CTA, mm -hmm. and same thing we use now. So exactly. The, the interesting thing of the, the backdrop of the city, although Chicago is a city that tends to reinvent itself oh, a little sure. bit more aggressively sure. than some other cities around the country, mm -hmm. but you're right that these things like the L track, you know, great movie moment where it sort of uh, fade from the L track 1919 right into sure, Chicago. Sure, sure, exactly. Cool. So filmmakers exactly. out there, think of that <laughs> shot. That would be great. Yeah, talk to this guy. <laughs> well, great. So give me a quick overview of the story, a synopsis uh, involving, you know, the various plot twists that you want us to know about without tipping us off to anything, okay, well, you know, important. It starts with uh, Simi Johnson, who is the son of a slave, is also born a genius. And as a child, he stumbles upon the Principia, the uh, Isaac Newton classic, mm -hmm. and learns that he can understand it. And, you know, he's, he's uh, caught up in this and wants to learn more. Uh, without going too much into detail, he manages to get something of an education, and then he comes up with this idea for time travel and a chronic car, but he can't build one okay. because the technology doesn't exist. So... Uh, Moving up to the year 2015, an IIT student discovers the plans for it and decides to go back to visit the now Dr. Johnson. Well, the only time he can find him is in the year 1919 when he's living on the south side of Chicago. So he goes back to visit the doctor, meets his beautiful daughter, which he did not know that he had, okay. and they get the doctor's of, beautiful daughter. Exactly. Okay, so we have this um, modern kid, modern guy, goes back to 1919, and then there's, exactly. there's the romantic plot twist, right? Exactly. What do we do? You exactly. Know? Yeah, okay. You know, and then from that point on, it's dealing with the things that he does that affects history, potentially, mm -hmm. and the, um, the, the problems that are, arise from just simply traveling through time. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm told that it is a bit of a roller coaster ride. People call it a thriller, which is not what I was expecting. I, I wanted to write just a good, solid sci-fi story. Sure. But a lot of non-sci-fi people are reading it and calling it a roller coaster ride, saying that it's very thrilling, and that the ending is a very big surprise. That's, I, I think that's a great way to sort of end your, uh, your synopsis, because... Mm -hmm. uh, who doesn't want to read a book in which the ending is a very big surprise? Yeah. Because, you know, don't we all, we're like, 
whether it's a movie or a book, I'm always, you know, saying, uh, I got pretty much know how this is going to go. Mysteries, of course, you never know because they oh, usually sure, have two sure. or three possible endings. Uh, but it is nice to know that this has a good plot twist at the end. And I know that I've read that uh, in here, which I'm going to read in a moment, a couple of the um, uh, reviews that mm-hmm. you've gotten on this book. We're here, uh, again, with uh, Steve Bellinger talking about the book, uh, The Chronocar. Unlock the Power of You shows you how to maximize your personal potential by harnessing sustainable long-term change and how to realize the powerful source of infinite energy that exists within each of us. Once you have the keys, you can immediately start driving your life in the direction you want to go toward whatever destination is most inspiring and joyful to you. Full of inspirational and practical advice designed to challenge old beliefs, robotic behaviors, habits and patterns that no longer serve you. Packed with expert, powerful techniques and guidance that will unlock the highest possible level of life balance, health, happiness, inner peace, and success. Get it now and get ready to unlock the power of you. Available from Aviva Publishing. So we're back here talking with our guest today, Steve Bellinger, the author of Chronicar. And um, I have to put my glasses on for this part because I want to read uh, a couple of things that people had written. The exciting time travel kick-ass. It reads like a thriller, complete with a wicked twist that slaps the reader upside the head. And the story is intellectual, funny, and touching while playing with paradoxes of time travel. The Chronocar is one wild ride. Those are two uh, reviews that you've gotten on the book. And this is the part that I, one that I was particularly interested in. It says, I'm a history fan, not a sci-fi buff. But a friend recommended this, so I read it. I loved it. The time travel aspect is fun and interesting, and the history, mostly of Chicago in 1919, is well done. So, because we're a Chicago-based show, very often we have show, you know, people, sure. Chicago authors, and Chicago always creeps into whatever it mm-hmm. is they're doing. And so, you know, that's a particular interest of mine. Sure. And so, um, how did you research some of the historical aspects of of the book that? Oh, well, hours and hours in the library. I mean, you do have the Internet, but I needed to read the actual newspaper accounts because um, there are references to the riot that are based on fact. I mean, fictionalize it a little bit, but mm-hmm. how the riot starts is based on the uh, Okay, and we're going to experience a little bit of exactly. that in here based on the, on the actual history. Exactly. And then you alluded uh, earlier to the fact that the character – uh, the main character um, uh, is more or less based on on you, roughly, yeah, I mean, yeah, which I mean, you know authors often do. Sure. And the, but you had mentioned something about how your grandfather sort of uh, was in here as well. Well, well, yeah. There, there, there is a scene uh, I can give a, a tiny bit of a way where uh, Simi is trying to escape the 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 uh, bad times in the South, mm-hmm. and he's escaping with a friend. And they spend their last few pennies on uh, on some food, uh, a jar of jam and a loaf of bread. And uh, while they're laying it out, he hands the jar of jam to the young man, and he drops it immediately. Well, he freaks out. He cries. He walks away thinking, we're going to starve. While Simi takes out a knife and scoops up what's edible from the jam and 
makes a meal out of it. Sure. It's a story my grandfather told us for years. Is that right? And we didn't realize he was trying to teach us about perseverance and not giving up. And not wasting food, right? It, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that little bit got into the story. That's sort of a tribute yeah. to him. Yeah. Uh, as we travel in the chrono car, we're mm-hmm. going to learn about um, Chicago history. We're going to learn about um, some um, unfortunate racial incidences mm-hmm. that are part of our city's uh, past. A, a few things that might surprise people that existed back then. That Okay. Uh, but more importantly, and perhaps not more importantly, but mm-hmm. we don't want to lose sight of the fact that there's a great romance here oh, yeah. that uh, <laughs> travels through time sure. and space, I'm mm-hmm. sure, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, so it looks like there's, there's a lot packed and an uh, awesome twist at the end. Yes. Yes. So to recap, we want to say that our guest today is Steve Bellinger, and he is the author of The Chrono Car. Yeah, and is available uh, at your local favorite bookstore. Since it's a Chicago book, I'm sure it's going to show up on the shelves there, too. And if mm-hmm. you go in and ask for it, then Absolutely. your local bookstore will be sure to be sure that there are copies available locally. Sure. But, of course, you know, there's always the ubiquitous Amazon is available. And also um, you can download a couple of uh, sample chapters either at Amazon or at, at, the, um, at the publisher which is Barking Rain Press. Barking Rain Press, uh, dot org. So, uh, Steve, thanks so much for being our guest today. Well, thank you. And I hope everyone will go out and uh, check out a copy of the Chrono Car and enjoy it. Uh, thanks again, Steve. And let's wrap it up. Thank you. Good to see you. I hope you enjoyed this archived Authors Showcase interview from AuthorsBroadcast.com. If you need video production for your business or organization, be sure to check out renoweb.net. Thanks to Stephen Solomon for composing the Author Showcase theme song. Be sure to like, share, or comment if you enjoyed this podcast, and be sure to listen to one or more of our other interesting episodes about Chicago people, places, and events.